0: Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera and I'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have whether you're a filmmaker or a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to thank all my listeners and readers for tuning in and for spreading the word about Movie Beat to your friends and your industry connections for your emails, your phone calls, your feedback and support. My guest today is Sherry Candler. Uh, she's a, a master at PR and marketing. She's a, an incredible presence on the web and on Twitter and and has lots to say and we're going to be talking with her in just one moment um, but first let me tell you that the official website is uh Rex movie beat and that address is r e x s i k e s dot com that's my name and if you're tuning in first uh for the very first time uh the chat room is open the official website is uh, as i said recxxi and you can subscribe to the official website by clicking the RSS feed there at the welcome page. <coughs> Excuse me. There are articles and uh, cast and crew information listings. There's uh, uh, upcoming events, hot news around the country and the world. And then there's these interviews that are not just live here right now, but all of them are archived uh, in the interviews blog at reccyx.com, and you can listen to them anytime, 24-7 right there from the website. You just go to the biography page of the person whose interview you want to hear and you click on the link that says to listen, click here. And that's uh, pretty self-explanatory. Movie Beat's really designed to be a resource for you and that is why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. It is all about having professional people share their expertise generously with you so that you can make your project smarter, faster, uh, more efficiently, less expensively, and, uh, and advance your career. And so we provide you with insider information, secrets, tips, suggestions, and advice uh, for you to do just that. In exchange, we ask one thing, and that is to spread the word. Post the links of these interviews uh, around uh, generously, liberally, uh, good taste prevailing. Uh, reach out right now to somebody. Uh, pick up the phone while you're listening. Tweet someone, Facebook, and MySpace email, uh, look across the room and say, hey, come and listen to this, you know, person on Rex Sykes Movie Beat today. Uh, also, you can direct them to the archives, certainly and to the podcast because all of these interviews are stored as podcasts at the iTunes store and you can go to Rexxik's Movie Beat there and download them to your favorite electronic device but it helps so much when you uh reach out help spread the word when you follow my guest and follow me on Twitter and uh you know and uh, and help us reach other people that uh is so cool and that's that's all really we ask for you Ask of you in exchange for uh, the information that we give to you free. The chat room is open, so go ahead, join us in the chat room. And uh, if you have questions of, of Sherry, be sure to ask them, and uh, and we'll try and answer. We'll try and get them answered today live on the air. Uh, just an upcoming announcement. Uh, oh, wait. First, I have to say that the wrap party for the amateur monster movie was outstanding. Uh, these the director, his family, and friends, and the people who put on the uh, the wrap party on saturday uh, outdid themselves with dinner and drink and 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 festivities and and it was a, a special special evening uh, the fundraiser for Trail of the black sheep was uh, another fine fun event on sunday uh, i enjoyed attending both of those this coming friday october 29th at the milwaukee art museum uh, the midwest independent film society is kicking off uh, festivities there and i believe elsewhere Uh, with uh, the screening of a feature film called Port of Call. It's a multidimensional comedy. It begins at 9 p.m. Friday, October 29th. Uh, The director is Glenn Popple and uh, Adrian Lilly producing. And if you're in the listening area, the Milwaukee area, please uh, go attend and uh, attend the festivities during the weekend. I believe the Milwaukee Short Film Festival is also Um, occurring at that same time. So uh, enjoy. Meanwhile, we're going to turn our attentions to uh, Sherry and my guest and to you, the listeners, and those in the chat room. And I'll be bringing Sherry on in just a moment. Sherry Candler is a successful marketing and publicity specialist who's putting her skills and expertise into helping independent filmmakers gather an audience for their work. While working as a marketing and sponsorship manager for the Santa Clarita Valley Film Festival, she encountered... Uh, numerous talented filmmakers who possessed expert knowledge in storytelling and film production, yet they lacked the knowledge of how to promote and distribute their films. So as a fan of independent film, it was painful for her to see how opportunities were being missed uh, and filmmakers being abused by the distribution process. And so to remedy that, Sherry has uh, spoken out loudly uh, in in a variety of places and it is an incredible presence, so we're going to bring her on right now. And you can help me welcome Sherry Candler to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. How are you doing, Sherry?
1: Good. Thanks for having me, Rex.
0: Glad to have you. And and the listeners should know that this is your second time here, and so that they can always go back to the archives or to the podcast, and, uh, and they can listen to the first interview. I don't think there's ever... In, in many cases, there aren't many interviews that I have where you have to listen in order so uh, they can listen and, and participate here and go back and listen to others uh, at another time. I want to welcome everyone who's in the chat room. Uh, again, if this is your first time in the chat room with us uh, or tuning in, uh, make us a favorite, uh Friend us, follow us, uh, leave comments in the chat room as well as elsewhere, um, and uh, and uh, and help us spread the word, and we appreciate you being here. So how are you doing, Sherry?
1: I'm I'm good. I'm about to fly off to Flyway Film Festival tomorrow for the weekend and I can't wait. So many people are going to be there that I have met online but never in person, so I can't wait to see them.
0: And the Flyway Film Festival is in Pepin, Wisconsin. Yes. You're you're in my uh I guess I call it an adopted state, but we're nowhere near each other we're lit- we're literally three or so hours apart and and uh, I wish I could be there but it's Pepin Wisconsin flyway Film Festival, and the dates of the festival are
1: the twenty first through the twenty fifth of october this this week
0: <laughs> and it's rick vases who's who's putting it on and i know I know Rick and he's a great guy and and from All the reports I've ever had, this is a wonderful film festival. So uh, It's even made more wonderful by the people who apparently are going to be there, uh, like yourself and and Jake, uh, who's in the chat room right now, and and others. Uh, I sure wish I could be there. It's going to be quite a gathering of, of, of great filmmakers and friends.
1: Yes, and the keynote is going to be by Kelly Baker this year, who is um, the angry filmmaker. He has a book, uh-huh. uh, Survival Guide Out, and um, and I look forward to talking with Kelly as well. I've only talked to him on email. I've never met him in person, but I understand although his persona is the angry filmmaker, he's quite a nice guy.
0: Well, that's what we've been told. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll so I'll have to we'll,
1: verify it.
0: <laughs> we'll have to verify if he's really nice or if he's just merely angry. But, uh, right. <laughs> but uh, very cool. Well, all right. Well, since since uh, since uh, you're traveling uh, in that area, you know, I know you. thought it might be worth talking about film festivals. I mean, that, that this is something that, you know, and there are, geez, I mean, there's a rise in film festivals now. I, I think almost like as never before. So, uh, new ones springing up all over the place. So let, let's talk about that. About um, what a filmmaker should do. I, I think. Well, I'm going to give the ball to you, but I, I think everybody should, from the time they start uh, pre-production, they should pretty much have a plan of what they're going to do and, and where they're going to go with their movie and whether they're going to include it in festivals or not, and if so, which one. So please, please um, take the ball and, and now run with it. What, what, what about film festivals should we as filmmakers know and, and actually do to, to maximize our, our potential?
1: Right, uh, well, I definitely think that, like you said, you need to have a plan, a reason for going, a goal that you want to accomplish. I think that a lot of film festivals um, there's so many out there that it's difficult to know which ones are good, and a lot of filmmakers look at it like well i 'm just going to apply to as many as possible and see what I get you know see how how many I get in without really thinking about. What are they trying to get out of that experience you know are they trying to um, to get a following are they trying to build an audience are they trying to you know eventually sell their film to a distributor or get it acquired um, are they trying to build a name for themselves in the industry all of those um, goals are completely different goals and it will direct where your best festivals are in order to accomplish that um, if you're if you're looking to make a career out of um, being a filmmaker, then you need to be where the industry is because that's who you're trying to attract. If you're trying to attract an audience for your specific film or the kind of films you make, then other festivals, probably not industry-related festivals, are the place to go. Because you know Sundance, Cannes, a lot of those festivals are mainly Um, attended by people who work in the industry and not really the local people who live there. So if if you're going to play there, but you have, you know some kind of genre film or whatever, you're not likely to get the attention of, of you know, horror festival people because they're not a lot of local horror festival fans in Cannes. You know, <laughs> they're not coming to that festival <laughs> right. for that kind of so you're kind of wasting your time to apply to that festival if really what you're trying to do is sell your film or, you know, build an audience for your your horror film. So the better ones to look at are are more of the horror festivals and the ones that are have been out there for a while and are well respected, you know, within that genre it's it's better for you to do a lot of research at first instead of just applying to every deadline that comes up and seeing if you get in um, you definitely also want to have a good place for your premiere some festivals, the bigger ones in particular have premiere policies you, know, you can't have shown it anywhere in North America to some place like Sundance they want to have a premiere if it's in competition um, and uh, but then there are other festivals that don't have that um, qualification, or you can show it in Europe, but you can't in the United States, or you can show it in anywhere in North America, but you can't have shown it in Europe if you're going to Berlin. Um, so you have to be aware of all those policies before you start willy-nilly sending off applications and and then figuring out which ones to accept. It's it's you know kind of treacherous territory. And you have to know when each of the festivals are coming up, especially if you're in pre-production, you're going to want to know, is there going to be a deadline that I need to meet? And say, if it's going to be Sundance, which is a lot of, you know, a lot of independent films uh, want to get into Sundance, you better have your film finished at least by the beginning of September, you know, to send in the application. Because it's getting on right now where they have final deadline and you really don't want to wait till the last minute to send it in. So... You have to think, you know, am I going to be finished or am I starting shooting at the beginning of August? Then it's not realistic that you're going to get into Sundance this year. Um, you have to, you know, have that strategy, have that goal in mind when you're going into shooting so that you know how much time you have and how likely you are. And if you're not going to make Sundance, can you make South by Southwest? Can you make, can, you know, what, what other uh, deadlines are coming up after that where you can get onto the circuit, you know, after, after Sundance? And will that affect your possibility of getting into Sundance? You know, if, if, you're, if you're going to do it south by southwest, you're probably not going to get into Sundance in competition. So you have to think about that. Which is the more priority festival for you to have your premier?
0: So the bottom line is, is that people have to think about it, they have to plan it, and they have to actually strategize and, and decide which is the best and the most advantageous route for them to take regarding uh, festivals.
1: And, right, and, you
0: know, and then and, and, you and, they, and you,
1: then you have to move to the research phase. <laughs> and a lot of yep. people, would, you know, ask me. A lot of filmmakers are like, "Well, how do I research?" And I mean, how do I know which festivals are out there and which ones are good and which ones are bad? It's the same kind of research that you're doing on organizations and audience for your film. It's the same tools. It's called Google, and um, there are other uh, online uh, places that you can go as well. Um, a lot of the ones for festivals that I use myself to research them. Um, there's a website called squirrel.to that that's um, has f- uh, filmmakers on there giving ratings on how they feel about the festivals that they've been to. So that's a good tool to know if any of them were a scam, or they were mistreated, or or they were really good, and they'll tell you you know why. They were really good. Um, there's a, 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 a website called Festival Focus that has a huge database of worldwide festivals, and it's even split up into genres and <clears throat> you know type of film and that kind of thing. So you can start there. Um, Without a box, of course, is, is the one that everybody knows, and you can definitely search on there. But don't use them just for the application. Also look at them as um, – Resources for going and and finding out website information because that's the next stage is once you sort of narrow down the festivals you're contemplating going to, then you need to look at the festivals themselves. You need to go visit their websites and see how up-to-date they are. If they haven't done anything on their website in a year or they haven't updated anything in two years, I usually consider that festival dead You know, that nobody's minding anything to do with that festival. If that's the way they market their festival, they're certainly not going to be a good marketing tool for you. And that's what a film festival should be. It's a marketing tool for you Um, either get your film out there and seen or get some press on it Um, so if they're not paying any more attention to their website their own website then they're not going to be much help to you then you move on to their social media pages and they all better have some and they all better have kept them up to date all year round not just in the few weeks before and the few weeks after the festival um, and how many, you know, how many people do they have on it? How much, also, how much interaction do they have on it? Is the page completely closed to anybody putting comments or loading up information on? That's a bad sign because that means they only care about themselves. They don't care anything about the films or the filmmakers that are there, and they're afraid of what you might say. So that should be a red flag to you as to what kind of festival. Or what kind of leadership they have running that festival, um, so in addition to the number of fans they have, which you know i 'm not a huge proponent of um, of having hordes of, of numbers that are kind of meaningless, how many what posts do they have on there from people outside of the festival, um, staff? You know, do, do they allow comments? Do they allow you to load up your trailer? Do they allo- allow you to tell people when your screening time is? Because that should be open to everyone who's participating in the festival too to help spread the word about the screenings. Um, and then you should also check uh, another one called blog search Dot google.com and you'll type in the name of the festival and see if anybody has written about it, good or bad, um, on Google blogs. You know, on blogs that anybody has is just searchable by Google. They don't have to be Google blogs, but um, you want to see if anybody's talking about. The festival itself, good experiences, bad experiences, reviews, you know, of the films that have been there. One, because you're looking at, you know, what kind of coverage they're getting. And two, you want to find out who covered it last year because you're going to make a note of those people to go back and Offer, you know, offer your press release, or offer to um, do an interview, or get some kind of coverage from those people. So you're going to start making your your press list. You know the the media contacts that you're going to need this year, who covered the festival last year. Um, so all of this is you know just thinking through how to to work the festival circuit. And It's not a passive experience, and it's not something that you should be depending on the festival to do for you. They they have hundreds of films sometimes that they're, you know, trying to promote or trying to get people to come and see. They don't have time for individual attention to each uh, film. You're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do it well in advance. So there are definitely ways that you can um, research festivals ahead of time to know which ones are going to be the most beneficial to you. And that's how I look at it. I look at you know, it doesn't have to be a huge name festival, but it does have to attract people from that area, and um, because that's who you're trying to reach when you get there. You want people to come and see your film. So do they attract a lot of people? Look at their website. Do they have good sponsors, especially media sponsors? You want to know who those sponsors are, and you want to see if you can find out names of the reporters who cover the festival, because you're going to want festival coverage when you get there, and you're going to want to contact them well in advance um, as soon as as you you know maybe get the acceptance um, there's one caveat to that when you are accepted make sure that they haven't asked you to be quiet about it <laughs> um, some of the big festivals like Sundance and Slamdance and um, South by Southwest two weeks before they make um, their first announcement of who got in. During that time, you're supposed to not tell anybody. You're not supposed to make an announcement yourself until the festival's made one. Don't go against that rule. Don't tell people <laughs> that you got in ahead of the festival making their announcement. They get very upset with you. I, I don't know if they would actually pull your film from the, from the um, lineup, but why take that chance? If you were lucky enough to get into a giant festival, don't go against their rules when they tell you not to announce. But during that time when you know and nobody else knows um, – You're going to start doing that research. You're going to start looking at all the media outlets that you can contact ahead of time. And so the day that they announce the lineup of the films, you've got a press release out there. You've hit the pavement getting people's attention because the barrage is going to happen very quickly after that. Sometimes, especially at, uh, at Sundance. Uh, for some reason, filmmakers don't think about getting a publicist till maybe a week or so before the festival when they've had three weeks before or months before the festival to be getting press. No, immediately. Line it up immediately so that as soon as they make the announcement, you're ready. You know, you've got somebody out there beating that barrage that's going to come closer to the festival time and start lining up interviews, start lining up coverage. Uh, If it's a premiere, you probably don't want to have any reviews. You know, you want everybody to come and see the film in the theater, you know, with everybody else. But you want to already start talking to the journalists and figuring out when you can get some coverage as soon as possible before they get hit with everyone. Um, so you know, these are are just things that that you should be thinking about when you um, when you get your acceptance. Now, I wouldn't. I've seen some filmmakers put out press releases when they've applied to festivals. Uh, nobody cares who you apply to. It only matters who you got accepted from. So so wait. You know, <laughs> I know you're excited, um, but wait and see. You know, if you get in first before you start talking it up, because um, nobody wants to talk about. What they didn't get accepted to, um, so you also want to make sure that you have all your materials in order. You want to make sure you know you for sure should have had your web pages and your social networking sites up long before the festival time. But if you didn't, now you need it. You know now people are going to start having their interest piqued by what you're doing, so you need to have a good good presence there so people know um, where they can go to find out more information you know when the screening time is who are you what's the film about that kind of thing Um, you're also going to want to start getting all your printing done so you'll have your posters and your postcards and your business cards Um, I can't believe how many filmmakers I meet at film festivals and industry events who go oh I, I don't have my cards with me What a wasted opportunity, you know, to not have something that you can give people with contact details and your name and the name of your film. Take business cards, get lots of them printed, so that you don't run out. If you're, you know, pretty active on the circuit, that's really important thing to have. Also look into if they're going to have any speaking opportunities. Are they having any panels or roundtable discussions? Um, You know, probably for the bigger ones anyway, you should be attending these festivals, and you should be uh, trying to speak whenever you can. Um, If there's some kind of specialist knowledge that you have about cameras or about directing techniques or something interesting you did if you crowdfunded your film or an interesting distribution strategy you're engaging with this film those are the angles that are hot right now being covered in a lot of panels and round tables if you have experience in that step forward you know to the to the person handling those uh, educational opportunities at festivals and offer to come and speak and tell them why you're you would be good you know so really think about about also making a name for yourself when you get on the ground, not just for your film. Um, also, it's important that you hang out in the filmmaker lounge and you meet other filmmakers um, because a lot of collaboration happens, you know, from the result of meeting somebody face-to-face at a festival. And one good thing that I learned from Slamdance last year is, why don't you go through the list of the films that are going to be playing alongside of yours and find out the contact details of the filmmaker and send them an email ahead of time, introducing yourself, you know, saying what you think about their film and wishing them good luck and maybe you guys could get together for a coffee or something like that. It's always better to have a little bit of a relationship going with people who are going to be there than it is to walk in cold. That's maybe just me. I mean, there are some people who really work a room and they don't need that. But I really feel better when I have been talking with people online or, you know, through email. And then I feel like I know them. You know, when I get there, it's just a matter of, you know, seeing what they look like instead of talking to them. But we already have struck up conversations. So we know something about each other. And I felt like that at at Slamdance last year, that there were several people that I couldn't wait to go to the festival and meet because I'd been talking to them all along and then hanging out in the filmmaker lounge and and you know talking with other people and meeting people that's important. You shouldn't look at everybody there as your competition and you want to just, you know, stay by yourself and don't don't share any secrets or anything like that. It should be a fun time to be an artist and celebrate it as an artist and and to uh, you know, meet other people who are creative minded the same as you. Probably in your real life you don't meet that many people. Um you, you know everybody else has regular jobs and um, you don't get to talk about all the stuff that has to do with filmmaking, the trials and the tribulations, and the, the happiness and the success. So you definitely should be circling uh, around with people who are there who are also like-minded to you. I feel like I've been talking all this time, Rex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been providing valuable we'll in information. The
1: <laughs> you have
0: been providing very valuable information, and we've been putting up the links, as you mentioned them, In the chat room, so we appreciate that. Uh, You provided us with some links that we could put up. Um, I always think, you know, like for me, I mean, there are film festivals that I've attended. There are film festivals I've hosted. There's film festivals I've been involved with as a judge. Um, My preference, you know, I'm not a big fan of fan-based film festivals um, where I'm just going to see movies unless it's a particular genre and, I'm, and, I'm, and I have no particular genre to, to speak of that I'm thrilled with. That I like. I have to go to a horror or sci-fi or you know whatever. Um, but I tend to like the industry uh, be, be, as a filmmaker. I guess I tend to, to value and I tend to like the, the industry uh, festivals, the Sundance, Cannes, things like that. The market, you know, for buyers where, where people can go and the deals are made. Um, and that's just my preference. Now, there are festivals that you know filmmakers try and get into, as you mentioned you know so that they can sell their film. There are others where they're trying to get into where they can simply gather an audience or gain more audience by showing their film in these fan fests or these or these uh, genre fests um but some people do this kind of shotgun approach where they just they just submit everywhere right. and and I got to say that you know sometimes you don't want to be accepted to certain film festivals. You want to be a little bit more exclusive. I, sometimes I see you know uh, awards from film festivals that I go, it's a meaningless award. You know, you you plastered your wall with all these awards, but nobody's ever heard of these things. Now, some people would say, great, you know, you got an award from a from a, a, a you know a, a nondescript, meaningless meaningless film festival, or or somebody bestowed you know something on you. Uh, now you can say you're an award-winning filmmaker and that's better than not having that distinction i'm not so sure that i agree with that because if somebody says oh you're an award-winning filmmaker where'd you win your you know award from and you go well i won it from such and such and they go well, what's that and no one's ever heard of it you know i mean so so what do you think i mean in other words what about this kind of people should be really kind of savvy and smart i mean i know you, you know, you've been stressing how people should you know do research and and decide what's best but i mean um any words of caution additionally okay. additional words of caution or or am i all wet on this
1: no, I mean, I think that that you're right as far as, um, you know, people like to have lots and lots and lots of laurels all over their um, box or all over their poster, and you, if you really look carefully at it, you're like, the what festival? You know, you've never heard of, of half of these. And that they can legitimately say they won an award or their film was officially selected. Um, and, you know, also festivals have a, a reason to do that too because they want their name out there and sure. they can give a, a prize or something like that where a filmmaker, is going to make a big deal out of it then it helps to to further their name in the industry too Um, i i don't know about the goal being winning awards you know i think that it should be more about marketing your film and getting audience to see it and you know possibly selling it or being attractive to an acquisitions person or a distributor so those are the goals I think of, as being worthwhile. Unless, you know, it's great if you win, but that's not the reason that you're there. Um, And a a lot of times I think a lot of festivals run too long, you know, 8, 10, 15 days. That's just a huge amount of time. It, It really seems like they accept any film that gets accepted because they have that long to program. So they have to take lots and lots and lots of films in order to do it so your film is way less special if they're taking every film that's been submitted um one to get the submission fee and two to you know have enough to program for 10 and 15 days and then it does seem like how how many um how many awards are given out if it's like 25 or 45 where it seems like every film you know every filmmaker can win an award there then it's not that special to anybody um so I, I definitely think that it's yeah, not that beneficial to have an award from some festival that nobody's ever heard of. You can say that you're an award winning filmmaker, but that's about the only purpose that it serves. You know that shouldn't be that shouldn't be your influencing um, reason for applying to every festival that exists. Um, you really should have more uh, reason to one be spending that submission fee because you you may not get in and you certainly don't get the submission feedback. Um, or that even worse, you do go, you pay to go, and find out there's really nothing happening here. You know there's there's no uh, you know, real attention. No one pays attention to this in the industry. It doesn't even reach the audience that I need to reach. I'm just wasting my time here um so definitely a shotgun approach is probably not the best thing to do when i whenever i you know have filmmakers like i've applied to 50 or 75 film festivals i'm like really you found that many that apply to the goals that you want for your film i think in some ways it's just we just want it out there and playing as many places as we can think of you know and okay if you have the money to burn for that that's fine you're probably not going to get anything out of most of them but you know, I can't make you not do that. Uh, just I think that you really need to evaluate what are what am I trying to do here, and not spending three years on the festival with the same film. You know, you need to right. move on after a time. Eighteen months is good. That's about the lo- longest length because if, you know, if you wanted to play some of the bigger tier festivals and you missed their deadline this year, you're gonna have to wait another year. So, eighteen months is about the max that you should be spending on the festival circuit with one film. And then thinking about what are you doing after that? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? What is? How are you furthering yourself while you're there? You know, that's that should be your goal, not just playing the film to the ground, you know, of every place you can think of.
0: Well, you know, um, I appreciate uh, you having said all that. I think, uh, again, it's, it's really valuable information. I can't tell you how many filmmakers I'm sure you encounter and I encounter who uh, they have, uh, you know, put together their budget for pre-production and they put together their budget for production. They they may or may not have really thought out their post-production budget and they certainly have not thought out their PR and marketing and uh, festival run and distribution budget and so you know you'll say well so what are you going to do with the festivals they go, Oh, we're going to enter in all these festivals they go do you have money for that and they go uh, no I hadn't even realized <laughs> yeah so uh, you, know, <laughs> you know yeah
1: I don't even want to talk it. to those people anymore <laughs> um, you're right it's right. been like you know 18 months now that everybody's been saying you need to have money to do marketing distribution you have to have money for festival if you still haven't gotten that message you, you're just in the wrong field you know you're just not paying attention and it's from for me anyway I I just don't want to waste my time talking to people who are not paying attention anymore because it's wearing, you know. Well, that's true.
0: No, it it is true. Let me just stop you there because there there are a lot of people who don't pay attention and you could hit them in the face a thousand times and they still won't pay attention to the information. But there are those who haven't heard it yet, you know, the the reach of Twitter or the reach of Facebook or or the different mediums that we're using or the different mediums, they just aren't tuned into the channels yet. And so we will always encounter those who who are, you know, new to the experience or new to, to it. But I agree. I mean, if you've told somebody once, you've told them three times, you've told them a half a dozen times, it's like, okay, move on to the next person, you know, and hopefully find somebody who's paying attention to listen. You know, I gotta take a break in just a, just a second here, but I, but you know, it's occurred to me now in discussing this that I am going to put together, I've always wanted to put together a festival, but I've decided I'm gonna to put together a festival called the Care and Feeding of Rex Hikes Film Festival, where all proceeds go to the care and feeding of me. And I will hand out awards so that when people get the laurels on their thing and they look and they go, well, where, what are you an award winner for? It will say, well, I'm an award winner for the care and feeding of Rex Hikes. And, uh, and that's just my, my new contribution to this industry.
1: Uh, no comment, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we'll I think there are it. more
1: festivals that do that anyway. <laughs> uh, you know,
0: That's probably true. That's probably what it's all about when it, when it comes down to it. Um, I have a couple of announcements to make, and then we'll be right back with Sherry Candler at PR Marketing. They're having a fabulous discussion on uh, uh, film festivals. There are a lot of people in the chat room. If you haven't joined us in the chat room, please do. Also, when you're in the chat room, it's always really cool if you tweet what's going on on the conversation uh, that my guest and I are having. If you put that out there while it's happening, it entices other people to to come and join us and if you're listening for the first time live or archived go ahead make us a friend make us a favorite follow us right where you are follow Sherry on Twitter it's at Sherry Candler follow me it's Rex Sykes Movie BT that last word's abbreviated it's just a BT Rex Sykes Movie BT and, uh, and, uh, and reach out and literally grab somebody and say hey you got to hear these interviews you got to tune in right now Facebook them MySpace them email them call them up pick up your phone reach out you know and say hey tune into this uh, you'll be glad that you did and i really appreciate it when you do my upcoming guest my next guest on thursday the 21st is going to be uh actor harry northup he's spent his early career in almost all of the early movies that martin scorsese made at least the first six he's worked with eastwood and everybody else uh, he will be here uh thursday that's the next interview on the 21st after after he is here after he returns is Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson return they have a book that actors I think absolutely have to read it's called The Star is Found Uh it is uh, definitely uh, an insider's view of the casting process that uh, you need to hear especially when it comes to big movies like uh, studio Pictures or Ran Howard Pictures and George Lucas Pictures, things like that. Yulva Bull, producer director, will be up right after that. Right after he, uh, Jane and, and, and Janet are here, and then Lance Cowis will, as uh, a director, he will be rounding out the week of uh, the, the end of October. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's that's where we go. Uh, Chris Lockhart's movie, uh, The Most Valuable Players, is at the uh, Hover. Lepin Theater in Chicago on Saturday, the October twenty-third. Uh, look on Facebook for Most Valuable Players, or look up Christopher Lockhart. He's the William Morris Endeavor uh, story editor and producer of uh, Most Valuable Players and of The Collector and, cl- and uh, the upcoming sequel, The Collection. Um, and his, his his documentary will be. Showing in Chicago this weekend, uh, the 23rd. All right, so we're back with Sherry Candler and uh, and all the people in the chat room. So, and if people in the chat room have guests, please do uh, ask questions, and I'll try to ask Sherry um, uh, the questions along with uh, with the other thing that we want. Let, let's let's ask this. Um, let me. Let me ask you first. Did you have anything further to say about film festivals at this moment? Because I don't want to to stop you if you did. Well,
1: I just wanted to move on to uh, just a a few seconds to spend on what you should do when you hit the ground. Because hopefully you're going to go to the festival. Um, So you're going to want to put out uh, your materials. You're going to want to have posters. You're going to want to have postcards. If it's a big festival, like in Park City, coming up. Uh, you're not the only one who's going to be doing that. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, very difficult to, to have your stuff stay up all the time without people putting things over it. But it's still important for you to have it out there. If you, you know, visit some of the nearby shops, always ask if you can put something up. But, you know, often they are amenable to doing that. So you're going to want to have, you know, definitely – collaterals put out around the festival Um, you're going to want to access the fest pages you know to let people know when your screening time is put up a trailer and the key art maybe a little three-line synopsis so they know you know the visitors who are coming Um, you're going to want to find out if press is going to be on site so you have got to stop into the press office and talk with the press officer and find out you know if there's any media around and where you might be able to get in touch with them have your press pack online there's hardly anywhere where people are still doing paper press kits and folders and things like that. So I would say use like Dropio or Boxy or someplace like that where you can keep all of your press clippings, your bios, your pictures, your trailer, anything that um, a a press person can just go and access easily and pull things off of when they're writing their story. So they don't have to look around for your paper and then re-enter in all the information or Put in your disk and look at you know all that stuff. Have it online, really easy for them to access. Make a little business card with the Dropio account or the Boxy account. Then they can just go there easily and and find it. Um, and also you want to actively seek out people who are likely to come see your screening so you want to get the butts in the seats is what everybody would say so ahead of time you know start looking up in that local area who are likely to be audience members find out if they have twitter accounts you might want to send them a tweet don't be obnoxious but send them an invitation of you know a film that they might find interesting if there's local organizations because your film's a documentary or it covers a certain cause or something be sure they know that your film is playing the festival and, and maybe that they might tell their members to come out and support your film if they allow you to come and give a talk at their meeting or whatever definitely you want to do that so really think about what you can do on the ground there to get people to come in and and see your film that's what's going to make it you know the success that's the reason why you're there so those are all the pieces that i would say are the most important to, to think about when you're when you're going to be on the ground at the festival and and you you, it's just as much work for you that than it is for the festival to get people to come to your screening so um don't don't leave that thinking that they're going to do it for you
0: all right awesome absolutely uh i always think that the biggest problem that people have today and i don't know that there's an answer and I, i certainly think it's it's something that has to be handled individually and, and specifically, you know, to the to the to the target that we're talking about. But I, I think the problem is is just there is so much print work out there and so many cards and so many posters and so many emails and so many messages and so many billboards that it's hard to come up with something that grabs someone's attention or grabs the lion's share of the attention. You know, I mean it's it's you know, it's, it's hard to grab the majority but, I mean, even if you grab some, uh, it, it, it seems to, you know, and, and that's where a publicist and a marketer and, and where, you know, people come in, you know, is to be able to help people devise their campaigns. I am uh, not a big fan of having directors cut their own trailer, much less cut their own film. Um, I think they should hand it over to a uh, an editor who cut, who does the first pass at the movie and then lets them, you know, work with them and tweak it. Uh, but it, but that fresh set of eyes and an editor whose business it is to edit movies um, you know, is 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 invaluable. The same thing with a trailer editor. They're there because they understand the business and what's hot and and how to get you know the biggest audience. Not that everybody is great, and not that every trailer, you know, but but think of how many times you've gone into a movie, you know, saying, "I know the movie's going to suck. The trailer's just too good." You know, and, uh, <laughs> well, so I agree.
1: People. I totally agree with you, Rex. I think that a trailer editor is a specialist for a reason. A trailer is an ad. It's an advertisement for your film. It's not telling everybody all about your film. It's not running, you know, every, almost every scene across the screen. You know, it's supposed to be ca- causing people to act. To know what what the first of all, to know what it is that that your that your film is. So if somebody watches your trailer and you ask them what's the film about, and they've never seen anything else about it, if they can't tell you in a very succinct way you have failed with your trailer, because if they can't identify what kind of film this is and about what kind of story we're going to be in for, that's, what, that's the point. And the other part is that it has to give them some kind of feeling. You know, it has to, it's either exciting or it's, you know, it's a, a feel-good drama or something. There has, to be, there has to be a tone in it that makes people go, oh, I like that kind of thing. You know, even if you don't have stars in it, they still are attracted to a certain kind of story. What are they in for? You know, and what is going to make them want to see it? And I think a trailer editor is somebody who's really adept at doing that so that they're, they're not so close to the project. They're like, oh, but put that scene in, because that was really funny. And this has to be in there, too. And then it, and then it gets to be a three- and four-minute piece, you know, that nobody's going to watch that long. 90 seconds. You have 90 seconds to keep their attention, and, and that's, you know, from start to finish, hit them with it and make them know what they're going to see and, and make them want to see it, you know, make them excited enough that I got to see more, you know, and, uh, most, most, um, filmmakers, most directors especially don't have that skill. It's two different skills. You know, it's, there's a skill for doing a whole, you know, the pacing of a whole film for an hour and a half. And there's the pacing of a 90 second, you know, and and that trailer editor is the person who is adept at doing that.
0: Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and, in in light of, of bringing this topic up, the idea that, that granted, sometimes first-time filmmakers or sometimes uh, people with you know great budget concerns um, can't afford to get the best of the best or even the moderate of the best. You know, they, they can't put their money in these places, and so they want to do it themselves, you know, to mm-hmm. save money. Um, I always encourage them, you know, uh, make their movie on a shoestring and make it look as good as they possibly can, and they save all their money for marketing and and promotion and for getting it out there and for sound design because that's that's a huge part of filmmaking that is often undernourished, I guess one could say. But but the post end, the distribution is almost always um, in independent, you know, first-time filmmakers is almost always uh, undernourished. And if you look at the studios. Uh, their marketing budgets are oftentimes three or four or five times what their production budget is. I mean they know that in order to get people into the seats they have to spend more money than than they typically did to make the movie um, so my my question was you know there's all these pieces of paper out there, you know posters cards uh handouts, little tiny one sheets, things like that um, people need to 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 Work with someone. I think most of the time, a publicist or marketer, or graphic designer, or someone to come up with um, as best a handout that they can. That's going to attract attention and keep attention amid all of the stuff that's out there. And then again, you can't spend all the money in the world because you are, you know, you are. You're going up against thousands of other pieces of of, of uh, paper.
1: Right. Well, I think that you know the Indies realm really is online and sweat equity. You're going to be spending a lot more time making relationships than you are blasting out your message because you just don't have the money for that. Um, you, you aren't going to be, be able to spend a lot of time putting out media buys and printing up thousands and thousands and thousands of posters you know uh, if, if people have never heard of anybody in your film they don't know you as a director um it's going to be very difficult for you to rise above the barrage that's happening in a hollywood film so don't you know don't even try to compare yourself to that what hollywood doesn't do is build any kind of relationship with audiences because they don't have to; they just buy it, and they have another film in the pipeline right behind it. They get the first weekend, and then you're done, <laughs> and on right. to the next film. That's not what you're doing when you're an independent filmmaker. Yours is much more longer process. That's why you have to start really early in the process. Um, one of the questions I had this past week come up. I don't know if it's on Twitter or Facebook. Somebody asked. Um, is there such a thing as getting burnout, you know, that people aren't interested in the whole process of filmmaking and you telling them all about your film so far in advance that by the time it finally comes out, they're just sick of hearing about it? Um, it depends. It depends on when you're building a relationship with an audience but you're spending all your time talking about yourself, they're going to get burned out. I get burned out within a couple of days if that's all you're telling me um, is, isn't this great about well, you my film? you got some pretty high tolerance there, Sherry. Sorry.
0: I said you have some pretty high tolerance here. If it only takes if it takes a couple of days to get it up.
1: Well, I try to give you know the people that I know the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, if the only time you're posting to me or sending me a message is telling me something about your film and nothing else, uh, that's going to be a really short relationship because I don't want to hear I don't want to hear all about every nuance of every little thing that you've done with your film. Tell me something else. You know, tell me about yourself, or tell me what led you to do this, or you know, what drives you as a person, or you know, the the same things. It's like dating. Think about it as dating people. If you spend every date talking to about yourself to your date, you won't be doing that very long before they don't care about you anymore and they'll get burned out for sure you know so make it multifaceted you know think about what would interest me about you or your film without exactly telling me everything about your film but I do think that people are interested in the movie making process they do want to hear you know little funny details or ways that you got around a problem or something really you know tricky that you figured out and isn't that great that you're willing to share I don't think that I think that the people now... Are much more hungry to hear about that information because it used to be that you didn't know anything about it. Yeah, movie was magic because very few people knew how to do it and they certainly weren't sharing their knowledge with you. Um, And I think that people uh, who aren't involved in the industry do like to hear about those things. Um, So definitely share it. I don't think that you're going to burn people out. But you should think about sort of a timeline leading up to the release and do something big every month Do something little every week, but do something big every month that's an unveiling of something that leads people right up to the door of the opening. You know, a little breadcrumb trail that that you start throwing out little hints or a little teasing or whatever in the lead up. Don't do it, you know, eight months in advance or whatever, but the last, say – you know, two months or so, three months maybe of some, some big unveilings every so often that will make people go, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, we've got to be sure to tune in at midnight on whatever night or whatever that you're going to start unveiling. Definitely teasing people along up until the release. Um, but you don't have to do it every day. And, uh, and, and pepper it in with some other information that's of interest, you know, about your film but not that is your film. I know, it's hard to explain to people about it, but people like Gary King do it really well. Not only um, is Gary telling you little pieces about his film or he'll release, you know, a cut or a, a teaser, but he also talks about musicals in general. He talks about news about the people who are in his film. He talks about some of his other films. He talks about, you know, his time being on the festival circuit. You kind of know Gary, you know, and you're interested to know more about his film, but he's not telling me every day something about Joe Sherman, you know, and so I'm not going to be burned out by the time it comes out because I'm just sick of hearing about it. If he was spending all his time doing that, yes, then then that would be the case.
0: Well, you know, the, the point is is that when you have a relationship that is multifaceted and it is a two-way uh, form of communication, if it's mm-hmm. one-sided, you don't really have a relationship. Right. Uh, you know, that's where serfdom came from, Um what you have, you know, in 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 filmmaking, that the, the notion of a relationship, the idea that the people can connect. I mean, we should never forget that we're still trying to sell something, but yes. at the same time, uh, what you're trying to sell, hopefully, is an experience that you think is worthy of someone else having, you know, or you know, it's like selling information. If, if the information is fantastic and other people haven't have it, and you and you are the gatekeeper to it, go ahead and sell it. Uh, I think with the movie, um, you know, people. I think there's enough, and not for, not for everybody, obviously, but there's enough people who are just absolutely fascinated with the process. What you said about Gary and, uh, you know, is golden, and and the idea that you can find ways to communicate, uh, and intrigue, and fascinate, and interest others, and open dialogue, so that somebody can can come back and, and ask a question or offer an exchange and they they feel a party to it as opposed to just somebody who's getting information pushed at them, right. um, you know, is much more apt to to become a, a fan, and become, you know, a friend, to become a favorite of you and, and, and sing and herald your, you know, your works and your praises, especially if they become, you know, a, uh, a fan of your overall work, as opposed to just your picture. But then, right. the, but then the thing is, is that you also have to nurture those relationships. You just can't mistreat relationships any more than you could in real life, you know, or in any other business. You have to nurture them. You have to value them. You have to treat them with the utmost respect in order to keep them, you know. And uh, and which is what often, I think
1: the old times when they used to have fan clubs.
0: Mm-hmm. Fan
1: clubs were. <sighs> really more one way, you know that that you it was all the adoration of the fans to that person but they really didn't get much input from the person they were fan of and um, maybe that was because it was male you know (laughs) Um, and there was no way for that person to talk to you if they didn't call you or send you a personal letter but now it's not that way now there are easy ways for you to be able to speak back you know to listen and speak back and you have to do both you have to listen and and talk um so i think that that it's it would be wrong to call them fan clubs it's more like relationships supporters and people and you are a supporter too you know you also um, talk about some of your your fans or know what they're interested in I do this a lot with um with Facebook pages that are, you know, fan-related pages, I go through the fan list, and I look these people up, and if I can find out some information about some films that they like, or books that they like to read, or something like we like to sneak those kind of things in on our pages, so that they see something identified that we took the time to look up that they might enjoy, and it's not about us, it's about them, you know, and, and they'll respond to it, it's really funny, um, and uh, that they feel like they have this relationship where somebody is listening. Somebody is equally as curious about them as they are about the property. Um, and so that really makes a difference than what used to be, which is all one way, you know, and, and not having a relationship.
0: Well, and it's true. And, and you know, you keep, the, the thing I think that the, the filmmaker needs to understand, and, and I'm sure that they do, you know, if, if, if you have a fan, if I'm your fan, I am one person seeking something from you, but mm-hmm. you might have hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of fans seeking something from you. And you know, I mean, I've I've known people in Hollywood who go, you know, I try and answer all of my fan mail, and they do for a while, you know, and right. then it just becomes, then I mean, the rest of their life would be spent answering letters. You know, and so it becomes unmanageable now with email and with Twitter and with Facebook and MySpace and all the different blogs and all the different. I mean, it literally has gotten to be uh, even more unmanageable or untenable than than I than anyone could ever imagine because there's just so many different places people can come at you. So you do need to think it out, and you do need to be able to, you know, um, uh, have people or a support team or someone, you know, work with, you know, this whole area so that you're, you're, you know, because you'll start at first, you'll say, great, I'm going to respond with these people and then pretty soon it'll become overwhelming and then you can't do it and rather than dropping off the face of the planet or or accidentally offending people by an absence, uh, it is probably best to just get, again, budget for this kind of, of response. Well, I think
1: that it's there's a difference though in having people who are really on your team as part of, you know, everything that you do and hiring out a publicist to take care of this cuz that's sort of an outside person
0: Agreed. who doesn't
1: understand you or your Or your audience, they haven't been there from the start. They don't know how to talk to these people except one way because they do it for five other people. Um, I I think that people to watch would be somebody like Nathan Fillion or somebody like Uh Kevin Smith. They don't write personal letters to you, no. But they they're on Twitter a couple of times every day, and they actually don't always talk just about themselves. They also answer tweets. They're going to be random. Random. It's It's not going to be everybody. what's happening. What's happening? <laughs>
0: End of October. Now, let me say that I'm producing co-producing a movie, um, and I'll be on the road for most of November and December. I have not yet selected uh, the um, showtime dates. Most likely weekends. Times or- when I can do for because uh, of our uh, schedule. So um, just stay tuned, and we'll let you know what's happening between November in uh, I've been enjoying uh waiting for this call back in and she has yet to reach into the uh, calling one. So we're gonna have to uh let <laughs> the emergency broadcast this is, this is only a chat subject so I don't know. I don't know I actually I hear Sherry let's see if I background. You there, Gary?
1: I am here. I yeah. Yeah, you You sound quite far away as well.
0: Let's see if the How's the sound of the chat room, everyone? Because if it's fine, we'll proceed.
1: Okay, I, yeah. I can hear you better now. I think.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't
1: know what that was. Joe, I thought Joe maybe the you had a fire drill on the floor.
0: or something. No, I don't know. All of a sudden, there was this loud uh, stuff. It's been a challenging day with the. Uh, with the blog talk, there was a little uh, anomaly happened earlier in the in the day. Anyway, um, there's yeah, there are some weird bugs every once in so, a while. Well, all right, so we're back. Good. Um, and you were talking about the difference between having your team versus a, a um, uh, an
1: outside company. An yeah. outside
0: company doing it.
1: Yeah, I think that maybe. If you get to a big point where you've got just, you know, that problem of having hundreds of thousands or millions of fans and you can't answer them all personally, you can use one or two channels. But you still do need to check in. You, you, you're you not going to be able to drop out of that. You, well, you can, but, you know, <laughs> you're really ignoring the people who love you the most, and that's probably not a good idea. So, you know, take time. Every day, at least one time a day, to look over your tweet stream or look over what's going on on your Facebook page and make a, a note to, to answer a couple of people. You won't be able to do it all, but even when you're when people see that you're answering somebody, they still feel like there's a connection still there, even if it's not directly them to you. It feels like you're in touch with your base, you know, and and that's not too much to ask. I don't think that's too much to ask of a person who's quite popular.
0: No, it's nice that these celebrities do that. I think it does give people a, a feeling that they are somehow um, connected. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not a dialogue. I mean, they're, they're just posting information, you know, and 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 kind of staying in touch. Kevin Smith, you know, occasionally will respond to someone. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Nathan does. I don't recall. But you know, I mean, um, it, it's still it is it is a manageable form of communicating out there. But it, but it's certainly not the two-way street.
1: No, it's not the same way as when they were first starting out, and that's right. just kind of how it happens,
0: <laughs> the more popular <laughs> someone <course>. get. <laughs> well, guess what, Sherry? You know what? we are, I, we got about five minutes left. I mean, we are literally out of time, and uh, I did not realize that the hour has gone by so quickly, but it has. Yeah. And we're going to have to have you back, huh?
1: Definitely, yeah. It doesn't feel like an hour has been by at all.
0: No, no, we've got, uh, I mean, we're we're long right now, but I, I've been making, I've been letting the show go maybe five, eight minutes longer. So we have about five minutes left. So I want to give you the five minutes to, uh, to to wrap things up with however you'd like to wrap it up or whatever you'd like to say. We'll come back another time, talk about crowdfunding and, and building audiences during, you know, production and different things that uh, that you and I can discuss on the air. But for now, uh, in the next four minutes or so, uh, I'm going to give it to you to close.
1: Well, you know, like since we spent the majority of the time on film festivals, you know, the main points are uh, first, know what you want out of it. Why? Why are you doing the film festival circuit? Then that guides you to which ones are gonna get people. And then, um, and then, you know, once you send it off and you get accepted, have your game plan set up so when you um, when it's announced. Everybody starts knowing what, you know what's going on, and then when you hit the ground, have a plan for on the ground of how you're going to get people to come to the screening and how you're going to get some press on you while you're there so you don't waste that opportunity. And I wanted to say as well that I'm going to be, you know, you know I'm going to be in Flyway this week, the Flyway Film Festival, and then I'm going to be in L.A. at AFM and AFI Fest. I'm going to be doing a panel with BAFTA on new media and uh, social networking for filmmakers. It's on Sunday, November the 7th at 11 in the morning at the Lamerigo Hotel And then I'm going to be with John Reese at a workshop in Atlanta, November the 13th and the 14th, and talking all about this, marketing and distribution and personal identity building and audience building and all that kind of stuff. So this is the first time we've been to the South. Um, It's, you know, this is probably the first time he's been outside of major cities in the United States. Uh, So we're really excited. We hope that a lot of our Southern friends who are, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Alabama and Georgia everybody will come out and um and we can meet everyone.
0: Very cool. Very very cool. All right. Well, uh there you have it. Let's let's uh, wish you well with your happy travels and all of the different things that you're doing. Enjoy the film festival. Be sure to say hi to everybody that you meet in person for me. I I'm sorry I can't be there, but but most of all have a fabulous time and enjoy it. And um and then uh your travels west and your travels south to Atlanta uh, with John. Uh, anyone in the listening area of Atlanta or L.A. or uh, uh, if you're in Minneapolis all the way to Chicago, you know, be sure, or Iowa or any of the states surrounding, be sure to make uh, it to the Flyway Film Festival in Pepin, Wisconsin, coming up. And, Sherry, you are, uh, again, uh, just an, an, uh, a wonderful guest, invaluable the, the information that you provide is so valuable. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing it with my listeners today and the past uh, interview that you did uh, with us. And we'll have you back again, and we'll let have the listeners know when that's going to be. You know, we'll great. Have to, I can't uh, stay wait. Stay tuned. All right. Well, hey, so have a great day, and thank you, and enjoy. And that was Sherry Candler. And again, I want to thank her for being here, and I want to thank all of you who are listening in today and all of you who are in the chat room, and uh, for also for all your tweets and retweets and, and for your support and for sharing um, the information that Sherry uh, you know, and all of my guests um, uh, share with you for spreading it around and for spreading the website and where people can find out about that at rexikes.com uh, through Rex Moviebeat. I appreciate that. Do tweet, do uh, Facebook, do reach out right now. Please do leave comments right where you're listening, right there at Blog Talk Radio, not just in the chat room, but there's an actual section for comments. And if you leave comments there, uh, or if you tweet about it right now after the show, uh, then other people can find out about it. Or tomorrow or the week from now, you know, when you're sitting around thinking about it, going, hey, you know, people should go back and listen to Sherry Candler and Rexx Movie Beat and, and post that. Uh, that's just the, the way that we can reach other filmmakers and other fans. And, uh, and and truly have this be a resource to everyone um, who hasn't found out about it. I appreciate it. Let's see, there's Shadowline and Phil on Tilt. Hey, man, movie angel, awesome, Lil Hermie, Kings of Fink, Care Ford, Jake Stetler, uh, Gary King are some of the people who have been in the chat room today, uh, W. Scott Smith, uh, Vampire Mob. So, cool. Uh, there are others who are just listed as guests. It means that they apparently haven't uh, registered with the chat room so i don't know who you are but i sure appreciate you being here thank you so much enjoy your day and uh as i always say have a fabulous day make your projects until we meet the next time that's a wrap